0: Hello ladies and gents and welcome to season 2 episode 21 of the Homesteading UK podcast. I'm Alan, I'm here with my mate Mike, how are you doing Mike? Alright.
1: Hey. How's it going mate, you alright? Oh, I'm just cracking up a beer here, here you go, lovely. Yeah he's being all rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, isn't it nice to have a bit of sunshine today? Oh. It's, it's made all the difference in it. So it actually feels like spring finally. Yeah, properly spring mm. today and... After the rain, incessant rain we've had for oh, months man. and months. It's terrible, wasn't it? Um, I, I believe that we've got maybe a week of nice weather. Yep. It's going to be a little bit showery later, but it's just such a tonic, such a tonic. And uh, it's gone it's gone the extreme the other way in the tunnels at work now. It's gone roasting like, not Oh, really? Yeah, like in one day. Stripped down to your pants yeah, you when you go in there. Well, well over 25, 26 degrees in there. Yeah. Well over that, so, yeah. um, you know gone from not having to water anything a fortnight ago oh, wow. even in the tunnels really yeah. maybe once a week yeah to um you know every day already and yeah, yeah. you know, if it stays like this it'll be every day just yeah. because it just evaporates so yeah, fast yeah. but yeah um yeah other than that it's been it's been nice to start to feel that you can get outside some of the jobs that need mm. to do and have been waiting for a long time a long time
0: well sod's law for me of course because i've just gone back to work yeah and so uh Back to work today, actually. Yeah. You know, I mean, just had a couple of weeks off. And of course, I've had two weeks of it being a bit cold. Very, very, very wet at times. Very wet. Actually not very enticing to be outside. Now, you know, today, I'd have been amazing it's, to be it's outside. Slow, yeah, it?
1: It's it? Yeah, it's <laughs> just typical.
0: It? There you go. <laughs> the jobs will get done, whatever the weather now. and will have to happen, so.
1: Well, yeah, and I think that, you know, there's a, there's a tendency to always look at the first date on a seed packet or the first block of color underneath a planting diagram about when you could. Yeah. But, you know, if you actually then read on, yeah, you know, I I I get fidgety because my potatoes aren't in the ground. But yeah, any time from early March to the end of April, uh, big end of May really for main crop, absolutely fine. Yeah, so yeah. Um, yeah. the earlys won't be quite as early um, as they could have been, but um, as long as I get things in over the next fortnight, it should be pretty much as as they should be really. Yeah, um, and. I know, that, I know that it's different for everyone where they are and what climate zones people are in and stuff like that. But here, now, I think we're probably over the frost. I think.
0: I don't know about where you are, where you live, yeah. but for me, I'm pretty confident yeah. that I wouldn't have to worry. What, yeah. th- that's different though, to putting stuff out overnight and the cool temperatures overnight slowing the production down, slowing the growth down. And that, you know, there's a tendency now to go, oh, I'm over the frost, I'll plant everything out, Oh, well, the yeah. cold overnight. I mean, so this this week where I live, it's still forecast to get down to four or five degrees. Yeah, it still could. The so fluctuation have, is very big. Yeah, so it? I should avoid the frost, but that doesn't mean things are going to grow well outside. No, particularly I if they're agree. warm weather crops. And so there's a tendency to rush to get to do it, and actually there's no need to do that unless you've got a need to do that, which is usually to do with space, isn't it? Um, it's to do with space.
1: space and and time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are under under you know quite specific time constraints yeah. of what they have to do and can do when yeah. you know and um and, and I'm feeling that a little bit because of the you know the the idea of maybe moving things forwards to having some sort of commercial outlet at the farm yeah but other than that um I'm happy to try and do the best I can with regards to the um with regards to the tunnel and when things are going in but mm-hmm. um I'll talk a little bit about that because. I think that it's been a little while since I spoke about the farm mm-hmm. really and, yeah. and what it is and what people's understanding of it perhaps are and things like that and, yeah. and that's evolving all the time and so it might be quite nice for people to hear a little bit about that. I don't yep. know I'm sharing that um, but what's become quite evident is for me personally is that you know as I've gone through this little journey that I'm on with my new job and stuff I thought that perhaps a lot of the things that... I, I was concerned about how it might fall by the wayside, but they haven't really. No. No, I mean, it's you know, there's slightly less pressure to grow so many fruit and vegetables, mm. but it just means that I can do other things mm. and maybe concentrate on certain things, and, and it'd be okay not having to try and produce quite as much at home, yeah. but um, certainly certainly, my desire to still use the space and um, explore what I can produce at home is, is still there, which, yeah. is, which is always good, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, it's nice to have that space and to keep it going. And I guess that, you know, if it were me, I'd be looking at it and going, well, I'm still going to want it at some point in the future because I'm not always going to want to do this job.
1: Yeah, and there's an element of that. And there's an element of, uh, you know, two is one. Yeah. There's an element of that um, because I don't want to take anything for granted where I am. And it's it's all very well if you change jobs at the beginning of the growing season. Mm. But if you're reliant on some things and then... Yeah. You know, maybe your situation changes, or you become unwell, or something yeah. like that, and you haven't got the access to the spaces and provisions you might have had. I don't want to regret not having the capacity, at least, to have started a few things off yeah. at home. You know, yeah. hopefully, it wouldn't ever come to that point, but um, it's 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 what I do anyway, though. Yeah, it's it's not like it's hard. It's, it's <clears> enjoyable, <throat> you know. And uh, <laughs> it's what you'd be doing if you weren't at work. So one of the things I've been able to um, grow this year is my daughter's doing textiles at university, so I'm growing some woad. So I don't know if you know what that is, but that's a that, that's a kind of cabbage. And I know,
0: I know, obviously I know what it is, but it's some yeah.
1: cabbage, is it? So if you think about Braveheart, you know that blue color on their yeah, face? That's yeah. woad, that's made out of woad. Okay. I think, I think. right? Yeah, well, that's, that's what they pretend it's made out of yeah. I imagine it's just makeup in the yeah, movie, but, isn't it? but still. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So that deep blue color, I'm pretty sure that's woad. Now I might have that wrong, because the other thing I'm growing is indigo which is which again is a type of brassica and uh that's alan's dog getting on oh, larry but he's awesome. the star of the podcast now mate you put his picture out he and is a star yeah he is a star um does. so yeah she wanted to try some um obviously uh, you know with regards to textiles everything now is about negating this fast fashion and looking okay. at natural sources and stuff like that yeah. so even things that we're doing now lead into that you know mm-hmm. and uh Funny enough, I had a conversation with someone in the week who was thinking about exploring using natural wool and making, you know, uh, yarn to then yeah. make clothing and stuff like that. And then obviously things like woad and indigo lead yeah. really nicely into that and be able to get into dyeing your own natural materials and stuff like that. Oh, so we've got, I mean, that's way beyond that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. got a clue. But, but it means that the pressure on all the things that I grow not, um, not being for food. You know, yeah. I can try these things and see what happens and that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mind you, I bet you'd have interest in wee if you ate indigo. <laughs> Be bad enough. Imagine indigo, bro. Woo! <laughs> so it gives you a chance to try some of these things. And something which I know that is a bit closer to some of the things that you've done is some of those natural remedies, some of mm. those... Uh, things for more cosmetic use yeah. or, um, you know, for homeopathic uses. Gives you the opportunity to try some of those things and, and actually plant them up and see what happens, you know. Well, I'll or I grow a few herbs know.
0: just for that purpose, so I don't have to go and look for them when I want them. Yeah, just yeah. in the garden, I know where they are.
1: Very much, and um, but, you know, like having to go with the ginger and stuff like that, mm. I can give more space over to things yeah. which previously the space was so precious, you know. Mm. Um, but I always want... The other the other side of it is, is I'm a forgetful so-and-so. Mm. And even though I might have three polytunnels full of food, I'll probably forget to bring something home one day. Yeah. I'll go, I haven't got any... Just to have a few dwarf French beans, yeah. you can just go out and get a green food. You know, that's highly likely scenario in my house, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> so do you, cle- do you gather for your dinner every day,
0: so take it yeah. fresh all the day? Yeah, yeah. Because well, why, why would you not? Well, no, I know, but like you say, you forget something.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, sometimes it's a bit more... Um, I get things for um a few days, you know, over the weekend and stuff and mm. uh other days I know that um I might be making something batch in advance, so um, mm. you know, like make big cauliflower pasta so I'll bring over a, a nice collie and do that yeah. and then it's ready. Mm. But more often than not, I'm like, right, what am I eating today yeah. at home? And then I'll bring home the stuff for it or mm. the other way round. Yeah, yeah. What's here? Yeah, what can I make with this? <laughs> and then yeah. Now and then when I get home I'll yeah, decide yeah. what I'm having. Yeah. Anyway. That makes sense. Um, but we're still harvesting purple sprout and broccoli. The cabbages have really kicked on in this heat, they're looking really nice. The spring greens and the cabbages. Early cauliflowers, I posted a picture of one, I've been really pleased that with those beautiful. Not, oh, that, I've really struggled to, to grow. Grow. I've really struggled to grow those and that yeah. is the variety all year round. Yeah. Um, which I can heartily recommend. So and I've
0: grown that before and I've managed to get it to go like a sprouted broccoli. Yeah.
1: You get a little few little spheres yeah. or whatever, but
0: yeah. to get a nice round head like that takes w- a bit of work. I wonder whether
1: I it's about checks in the growth. Yeah. Because they went they were August sown probably. Okay. And then they were in the tunnel and they they were kept reasonably moist, but they were kept very pest free in the mm. tunnel. And I think it's about the checks in growth. Okay. And then obviously they've had a mild winter mm-hmm. and it has been mild, but what they haven't had is the wet. They haven't yeah. had that extreme yeah, yeah. wet. Um, has it been indoors? Yeah, yeah. but but that but they are also growing in soil, which is di- directly after tomatoes with nothing added. All right. So I mean, it must be pretty spent. Yeah. But they've done all right. Yeah. And the the, the yeah. growth on those things is really good, and you know, it goes to show that sometimes rotations can work in your favour, perhaps because yeah. they're maybe they're exploiting different nutrients and stuff yeah, like that. Seems likely, it, really? yeah. um, like that. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. There's yeah. coriander, loads of coriander, loads of parsley. My overwintered spring onions have beefed up now. Yeah. They've got they've really really fattened up. So starting to eat those still eating leeks i have still got lots of leeks and they're still in pretty good shape actually yep. the last of my stored onions are just starting to sprout and i think that this week will be the last week of the potatoes wow. that i had from last year oh wow so and that variety is pink fur apple yep. which are not noted as a great storing potato but i'll tell you what they are delicious still yeah um, so i've got probably a I don't know, shopping carrier bag mm. full, full of shopping bag, full of those left. Um, but they won't last very long, because obviously we'll no. split them up and divide them up. Yeah, but, um, yeah they're, they're down, but the uh, Mange 2 is probably 18 inches high now. Yeah. So it won't be long before that next influx of green is ready. Mm. Um, some of the things that i put in to see if they would kick on. So I did August sewn overwintered beetroot. I've not been that impressed with that mine's really kicking on now because yours outside yes so yeah. i did some
0: awesome so now if i wanted leaf i'd be well in yeah if i wanted if i want root who want the you know the beetroot itself yeah. at the
1: moment i'm still not at yeah. that point
0: but it's very densely sown still yeah so mine wasn't densely I to sown i plug like,
1: sowed mine and the other thing is they've gone in where there were roots yeah i've gone in where there were carrots and where there were had been beetroot and perhaps that element or yeah. whatever that those conditions are not ideal big fruit
0: and carrots don't make great partners i believe yeah I think there's a thing i've read something about that okay. somewhere
1: that you that you wouldn't ordinarily sow the two
0: together okay so i wonder if that's just because they're following i don't know but yeah, yeah. maybe maybe yeah.
1: but um the carrots that i grew in the tunnel were really really great the ones that were outside got, got brown rot and they were really poor so um having to sort of work out how much of what to sow yeah is now where I'm at and it's quite tricky if I'm being honest with you and you don't know do you still at this point you've only done one season yeah but also you know as the polytunnel space increases so if people don't know I'm growing in three polytunnels yeah but the third one isn't finished yet yeah that will house all the winter brassicas yeah the first tunnel which was all I had last year will house all hot hot crops next yeah. year so half of that will be tomatoes in there oh, yes uh, and then there will be chilies and peppers courgettes just because they'll come early yeah sweet potatoes are going to go in there nice. cucumbers are going in there we'll grow a few melons in there but Probably. not loads yeah. but a few um and maybe things like basil some really yeah. really nice l- lush hot weather yeah. um, things and i always forget one other thing what's the last thing that's going in there aubergines oh, yeah. they're going in there we're yeah. going to grow quite a lot of those because we think they'll be quite good sellers yeah um, so they're all going in the hot tunnel, but that's it then. Yeah. Um, and then I'll run a load of tabletop cherry tomatoes down the middle of that, mm-hmm. growing them in Tesco crates. Um, so that's that one. Then the more temperate crops are going into the middle tunnel, at, but, but with the aim to have er, some early stuff and then have a succession in there. So, you know, I can't give over the whole tunnel to carrots, but there'll probably be a, you know, a sixth of it nearly yeah. to root Cause that's what we sell in the shop. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, but then when they're, but, I'll, but they won't all go in at the same time. There'll be some se- successional sowings going on there to try and keep it fresh. Yeah. Um, but there are, I planted early potatoes in there today. Right. But they'll be out probably in about 14, 15, 16 weeks. And then, you know, I'll probably follow it up with a later crop of dwarf French bean. Yeah. To then go right to the end, you yeah. know. So there'll be some of that going on in there. Um, but that's really just divided up into eight plots in there. Mm. All the salad's gonna be in there because it's too hot in the other yeah. tunnel. All the salad will be in there all the roots will be in there there'll be some early peas and beans are going in there so i'm doing meteor which is a dwarf pea early dwarf pea they're, they're well up already the oregon sugar pod and a load of sutton broad beans are going in there i'm trying to grow them under cover i don't know i think it might be too warm in there i don't know but at the moment my outside plots are still not workable no so i've got no options if i want to sow now so I have stuff ready for a shot I've got to get it in.
0: Well, this, and this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the allotment and I've, I've spent a bit of the holiday that I've just had off. I've done loads out of the allotment, to be honest, and I've barely touched the new plot at all. Mm. But the, the existing plot that I had, I've been going through the compost bin and mm. just, just top dressing everything. Mm. Weeding out top dressing ready for planting into. And the compost was so wet that I was digging it, out. It is was
1: ridiculous. Sodden. Even, even on my chalk slope, it yeah. was absolutely and soaking wet through. On, my, on the clay of the farm, there's just standing water there. Can't imagine how you can Feet deep. Well, yeah. I'm not out there. I can't. No, can't be. I'll just damage it. So yeah. I'm waiting for this week, which is supposed to be dry. Yeah. And then we we may attempt to turn it. We can mm. probably plough it. Because I we'll I was
0: going to dig over and plant my spuds. And I was like, well, yeah. as soon as
1: I started doing that compost, there's no point. No, no, it's so, not happening. But, you know, potatoes, like I was saying to you, they've got a little while before they can go in and. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I suppose what there is always that itch and that desire to get things in. And I'm feeling it slightly differently from the from the commercial points of view, yeah. but I'm not feeling it at all at home. So like my greenhouse, there's nothing in it, apart no. from flowers. Yeah. Um, and in my beds, I haven't touched them. So they're, they're just, there's, there's nothing happening there. They're still covered so up because so I'm in no
0: rush. In the same position that I'm at with the allotment. No, not a particular rush. A load of stuff ready in the, in the greenhouse to go out. And I haven't done that even and yet. Probably be for the main, one of the make bank holidays we've got coming
1: yeah. up. And so I know that I will just tickle over those things. I've got a whole bed of strawberries now, which have set mm-hmm. loads of runners. So I've got one of those. I'm going to grow one bed full of um, salad, like I've said to you, yeah. that one up at the top. And then the one down at the bottom, I, I, might, I might put some door French beans in it. I just really want to grow two massive towers of sweet peas, though. Do that, then. <laughs> <laughs> you could afford Two to. big obelisks of yeah, them, Yeah, you know? beautiful. Oh, can you imagine coming yeah. in? That would smell. smelled yeah. fantastic, wouldn't it? Um, but, I, you know, I'll, I'll find somewhere to put some tall French beans in somewhere, just yeah. because they're an easy crop. Yeah. Definitely not putting any poles or trellis work up, though, mate. I can't be bothered to of that fair. Jazz here. Yeah, And then of that, And then in the fair. greenhouse, I'll do some tumbling cherry tomatoes and some basil. Well, I mentioned I got a bit carried away in my a tomatoes, chili. didn't I? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think you're going to have more tomatoes in your 12 by 8 greenhouse than I've got in my 30 by 100 greenhouse. <laughs> we named one of the podcasts back in the early days,
0: More Tomatoes and Hines. More Tomatoes and Hines. I think It's ridiculous. but well, I have got some really nice mulch too coming up. That's probably up about 6, 8 inches now. Yeah, lovely. That's ready to plant out, really. But, like, you know, like yeah. you say, I have got a chance to plant out. Because that's going in
1: the tunnel, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But as soon as I plant things like that in the tunnel... Really? Quite a high proportion of my day will go over to watering yeah. because it is warm yeah. in the tunnel, you know, 25, yeah. 26 degrees. And promise, it's going to get too
0: long before long for me to actually be able to yeah, physically so, move them to plant yeah. them out That's to where i So, gone.
1: one of the nice jobs that I did this morning was I went uh, up to the area of the farm where there's a small area of coppice. It's not mm. the coppice I talk about normally. And last winter, when I was felling sweet chestnut and birch, I laid aside a load of pea sticks there mm-hmm. and. Um, I've been taking those down I've been taking those down um, in order to use them as plant supports okay, so I've got broad beans that are
0: up now and I might be m- m- saying a load of stuff that's all showing loads of onions um, so it's all coming together really nice actually as I have to say the greenhouse is looking really good lettuce is looking really good yeah well those ones ones you give me I've got to prick them out at some yeah, point yeah
1: yeah well I'm I just decided to put one straight in did you clump them up in little clumps yeah yeah um, they're tom thumbs so they don't mind too much being multi-sun you can get away with tom thumbs they'll yeah. they'll clump up all right yeah um, so yeah the lettuces is
0: going strong now but um if i'm honest with you i'm tempted with those ones you've given me because it's like i think nine cells i'm tempted to cut all but one right and just eat them and really? then leave one in there and just, throw that on. Just leave it on your windowsill yeah. mate and just That's go i to, yeah. to do, just like, because we've multi-sown them, it's just like.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm trying to find the quickest and easiest ways to do things as I want and yeah. uh, kind of almost there's an element of planting out multi-sown lettuce. As they grow, cut three or four of the heads to the ground and leave one to grow on to yeah. cut and come again. Yeah. That's, you know, I'm trying all different yeah. things at the yeah. moment to see what works best yeah. and space-wise and what have you, so you know it's um it's about trying to find the best way of be- it being efficient the only thing that i'm finding is that you know my lettuce that i'm picking leaf by leaf obviously doesn't have the same shelf as as a headed lettuce no. you know and even just coming home from work the, the heat of the car is enough to oh, really wilt it you know because it's really warm and you oh, yeah, in yeah, your car when you get there off the day so i'm kind of thinking about that and what might be best for not only me but going forward if there's a shot there and you Know if people are buying a bag of lettuce, you know, it's going to have to be preserved in a, in a sense.
0: Well, I've had a lot of success because I've, I've had this problem, and I've had some beautiful purple sprouting broccoli this year, yeah. like the best purple sprouting broccoli I've ever grown. I think it's because I've given some attention to my soil, yes, yeah. yeah. but had some really lovely stuff and some lovely kale and all those things. But the, the, the sprouting broccoli will wilt in the fridge really quickly mm-hmm. as well. I've had some real success with bringing it home. Straight into a really cold bowl of water. Yeah. And then from that, shake off the worst of the water, but then into a plastic bag and in the fridge. Yeah, so it maintains
1: a bit and of moisture. And that maintains yeah.
0: the moisture, maintains the cooler temperature, and that's worked really well yeah. at keeping it longer. And I've kept it in the fridge for a week in a couple of cases. Lovely. Yeah, it's, not uh, like it, it's stored like, it. like that. Sorry?
1: PSB, man. Well, we love it in our house, especially my wife. Yeah, it's so. just unbelievable. It's my favourite. Yeah. yeah, my mm-hmm. favourite. On um, Toasted Granary with lemon juice and olive oil, which oh, is okay. Okay. Yeah, very specific. Oh, very specific. Awesome. Oh. A couple of quail eggs up on top is not too
0: yeah, bad. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely delicious stuff and stored like that and the lettuce will do the same. I tend to do mine but in the in the salad spinner yeah. and leave it in the spinner and put that straight in the fridge. Again yeah. with the water in the bottom and that does tend to keep it longer. So yeah. I wonder if you'd be better when you harvest at work if you're in a position to wash, wash it. Wash it and then bag, bag it. And then, and then take it home. Yeah but we would... can
1: do that or like I say I'm hoping to grow a load at home anyway so I'm not too yeah. worried. And, and some things are just so lovely picked fresh aren't they?
0: Well that's that
1: yeah that's I the beauty you, of it. The whole thing
0: is you don't want to be keeping it for too long, do you? No. But something you yeah, know, I mean there's only so much you can eat. I literally I could have picked bouquets
1: of purple spray yeah, and broccoli no, last yeah. week. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it. it's quite <laughs> smug as well, no one else has got anything in your picking loads like, of fresh stuff when you
0: when remember, remember that's one of the ones we were talking about that I've like, because it's it yes. costs a lot of money to buy that. I don't know what it costs now. We don't ever recently, buy it. call it. Tender they call, got them they call it. I remember seeing it once, £7.70 a kilo. And I'm looking at it and going, well, if you want to do it by the kilo this week in the, in the allotment, mate, there's so much. Some of it's starting to go over mm-hmm. now, of course.
1: We still eat
0: we seed, And my greens are starting to bolt as well. My winter, um, spring greens, which is a shame I love them.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, okay. we, we've got a few which are going, but not, not too many. But... Um, the, the, the kale has gone now, finished, yeah. where I am inside that is though.
0: Yeah, so I've got some and some, so the earlier sown has gone over. I've still got a few plants that are looking really good. Yeah. Picked some beautiful kale yesterday. Yeah. Really but
1: really I just completely up. and utterly ignore that now. I just sowed a load more. Yeah. It'll grow the and then I'll get, I think all that yeah. season is least it's like a load of rubbish, isn't
0: it? Well, there's some things you can sow
1: almost year-round
0: and it tells you on the packet you can't, but the reality you is you yeah, can. yeah. yeah so that's what
1: we're up to mate but um, yeah so it, ha- it has been certainly um, you know I can really feel the the sort of the, 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 the sort of um, freshness coming back into some of what we're grown. we're not we're not eating things that have hung on from last year there's definitely some growth and some freshness coming from this year if you like you know what yeah. I mean that spring flush of minerals coming up and stuff yeah like yeah, that. and it's nice to see isn't it? and I said the
0: the tree I've sown is there I've yeah. just got the last few leagues still hanging on yeah. um but the purple sprouts i can really good. Yeah. The, the spring greens the kale rhubarb i've yeah. got so much rhubarb do you need some rhubarb crowns i'll definitely have some rhubarb crowns oh, yeah. because i could the, definitely do the, same. the new plot i mean they must have eaten rhubarb every yeah. day i love rhubarb so i'll have as many as you've got okay it All might be
1: that i'll just do a whole rather better then. Right?
0: well what i might do is at some point i'll dig out a whole crown yeah and sh- then you can just yeah. divide it as you want i think i might so have been much. talking
1: about pea sticks I don't know if I finished talking about that oh, because we okay. did have a little interruption but yeah. Um, yeah when I was cutting the timber last week I left loads of pea sticks up there so one of the jobs I've been doing today is to put my rows in for my supports yeah. for, um, for Oregon Sugar Pod and Meteor Peas Meteor Peas don't get very high though no. so um, you know they probably get about maybe two foot maybe yeah. maybe two foot um, but if I, I would encourage people if they can to try and use natural things no, it's I so much nicer so much, mate there's thousands up at the coppice, so. Okay. Yeah, because what we did is all of the tops, we don't use all the tops, okay. we dead hedge them, don't we? Oh, of course And so hedged. there's just loads of them everywhere. Oh, okay. So, um, But some I was more organised out and bundled up and yeah. left, and so I drove the tractor over to the, t- the woods this morning and got those and brought them back okay. across, and you know, they've all gone in, they, well they're all gone in, but they nearly all gone in, and it was just nice to feel that, you know, the timber work and the vegetable work had some connection going yeah, on yeah. there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's that. Um, what else have I been up to with regards to um, different activities, so I've I've been looking at my hives. Yeah, I haven't gone in, into them yet. I've been
0: into four today. Oh, have you? Yeah. Yeah, but I I knew they were all dead. So, okay. um, I'm not sure that I've, I I'd have to check my records. I'm not sure there was I think one of them had bees in it going into the winter, and that was the only one that had anything really worth salvaging in it. The rest of them were completely empty. Yeah. Um, so they've either been cleaned out over winter or yeah. there wasn't much in yeah. there in the first place, which I suspect is the
1: case. Yeah. Well, I need some old comb, so that might work We've out. got quite a lot of nice yeah.
0: old comb for, for swarm trapping, which is the one big bonus yeah. of that. You lose a colony. Yeah, so I've put three,
1: three, three up at home, yeah. and there's two at work, so yep. they're up, and two of the colonies that, there were three colonies at work, and it looks like two are definitely going, yeah. and one I don't know yet, oh, I'll okay. have to wait till I up. But I would have opened them up today if i had time. Yeah, Yeah. Maybe by the end of the week, go and have a look at them. Yep. They're looking okay. Um, they're looking more than okay, actually. They're looking really well. So I've been doing that. Um, I would say that it's literally the last time to probably fell anything that you want to um, use for firewood next year. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to get that down really now. Just before it really starts budding out. Yeah. Um, it's not so bad if, it, if you cut it now because the the buds will... You know, like let's just say you cut a tree down. Mm. The um, as the buds open, they'll pull all the moisture out. Yeah. So you can do it for a bit, but you're going to be fighting against the amount of moisture coming through. But yeah. that leads to um, birch tapping, which I've just mm-hmm. started doing, oh, yeah? just for my own use, yeah. not, not not for anything other than that. So I went and cut my spiles today, and I'll carve them tonight, and selected the trees today when I was up in the up in the woods, and I'll probably set them tomorrow. But yeah. I might take some photos because um, I don't know if we've spoke about that much, or if people have done it. Well, we um, haven't done it for a while, have we? We, We've, we used to. I've done it last year at yeah. the farm, just right. to drink it. Yeah. Um, but what I'm gonna try and do is not worry too much about making syrup or wine or anything. I made, just, made a sourdough, uh, I, I, I much, be, remember. I, I be, yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna literally use it as what I like it best for, which is a sort of breakfast tonic, you know. Yeah. Just, drink, just go out and drink it in the morning, and uh, it's one of those little natural rhythms and rituals. You might be able to hear some quite interesting stuff on here. I can hear lambs, can you? Yeah, there were horses moving around just now as well. Yeah. so It's not, yeah. it's not me and Alan just got really weird, yeah. really, really weird yeah. noises. I thought you might have been hungry earlier, mate, the results. Always... <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so for me, for me, they're all of those things which are tied up with this time of year. But I really like that birch tapping. I really like the whole do. process. Yeah. It's very simple. And yeah. I know, like all things, that you can go on Instagram and you can see these ornate... Hand carved spiles yeah, and all of yeah, this. Yeah. So I'm using a electric drill and a bit of blue water pipe, <laughs> <laughs> and it works perfectly adequately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what works for me. Yeah. Um, and then obviously there's the hole, making sure you make your plugs to fill fill the, any holes that you've used up in. Yeah. And um, I think there seems to be a great mystery around it, but it, it isn't really that mysterious. I would say you just find a nice big birch silver birch tree. Uh-huh. Drilling maybe an inch, mm. I'd say. You'll know when when you've got it right because the water will start dripping out. Yeah. If you can slightly upwardly angle the hole, it makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Put your pipe in it, in one end, and put the other end in a bottle. Well, that <laughs> sounds really hard. Yeah. And then you'll be surprised how much comes out, actually. Yeah. But there's a window of opportunity for tapping birch probably about the next three or four weeks, yeah. I'd say. Um, just as the um, saps pumping up through the tree to um, open the leaves out. And it is true that if you put your ear to a birch tree, you can actually mm-hmm. hear it. You know, you can hear the sap moving inside. and It's a lovely thing to do with children, but it's also a, quite a mindful thing to do. And mm. I tend to get my birch sap in the morning as well, okay. when it's really quiet. And there is yeah. something about going over to a tree, sitting down, early birdsong, yeah. bit of early light, drinking, and it's always oh, ice cold. Well, it's lovely, yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. beautiful. And it doesn't taste like much other than slightly woody water, yeah, I'm not it gonna, really I'm not, it's, it's not going to be all sweet and no, like, like, like drinking out of a puddle, no it's not, <laughs> I think it's got a beautiful freshness to it, yeah, um, and uh, it's just one of those really nice things to do, so I would encourage people to do it, mm. I would encourage people to do it, but I think that's really about it, well I've been making loads of compost again, yeah, I was a
0: little bit late on it, but um, my hedges, I had some hedges at home, needed like a proper prune, mm-hmm. it should have been a winter prune, it should really have been done before the end of March, yeah, um, and I didn't get around to it. So I just did it yeah. beginning of April, been shredding yeah. all that, for that in the compost. And one thing to say on that is it's a really good time now, if you've got patches patch of stinging nettles, to be cutting those down and adding them to the I've compost. been having
1: nettle tea too. Nettle tea, okay, yeah. You know, right that's... time of
0: year for that. But the new nettle growth coming through now, be full of good nutrients for cool, making yeah. your compost go. So get, if you've got that, worth cutting them down. And they will come again. So if you want them for the wildlife, they'll be there later on in the um, um, uh, anything future. else you're
1: foraging while we're on that? Well, wild garlic, obviously. Ramsons is up, yeah, isn't yeah, it? My so, bluebells are up, right? Yeah.
0: Funny enough, I was asked today about doing that and I was like, just be careful. Yeah. Because the Ramsons and the Lords and Ladies combination. Or Dogs Mercury. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do people in. Yeah. So, tips, tips for avoiding being poisoned by stuff you foraged.
1: Be sure, obviously, you know what it is. Yeah. Relatively easy with Ramsons, is not it? It is relatively easy with Ramsons. The trouble is is that the things like the Dogs Mercury and Lords and Ladies grow within it. Yeah. And often very close but yeah. just pay very particular attention and perhaps you know pick sparingly don't go for a big handful pick individual leaves and then yeah. so don't go in with really a knife set. and just cut a big handful yeah we'll I think that's we'll where you can pull come out proper. the individual
0: leaves and then just make sure you smell
1: that they smell like garlic that's right yeah I say? mean the other thing you could do is wait for the buds to form because yeah the buds on the end of a stalk are actually really delicious you like a caper I, well, I actually sowed
0: some about two years ago yeah and planted them out in my garden and they're now starting to grow
1: really is it wet weird? enough because I don't get well it I've got a couple of ponds in my garden oh, right, yeah, so I've
0: plant them around the edges of the ponds um, and there's it's going better in some areas than others and it's not much to shout about yet but I'm hoping that I'll get a bit of ground cover out of it. But they can't be hard to grow out can they? Well it was hard to get them to go from seed yeah but now they're up and going I reckon it shouldn't be a major well, Did you genre? collect the
1: seed wild did you?
0: No I bought some actually from, really? a, from an organic um, herb one of the things that Kings do is they work with, there's an organic I know herb it. company, they work yeah, I, know I forget it. the name of it now. I know. Um, but they sell herb seeds as well, yeah. and I bought a load of those, ramsons yeah. and a few others. I other. think that's yeah. where I got my woad from. Oh, okay, yeah. It's was amazing. And I have got all sorts of things, but yeah. that's the one that stands out. And they've actually got
1: a few growing in the garden now, which is great. Well, what was odd, some of the things that have come uh, I've got coming, which are kind of of that ilk are, um, I sowed some comfrey last year. Yeah. And it was dreadful. And I think I managed to salvage two plants out of it. Mm. And do you know what, mate, they lived in a 9cm pot because I didn't even plant them out. Yeah. So then they died back, yeah. and now they've nice. re- re-sprouted. Yeah. But I've only got a couple, yeah, right? yeah. so they came. Yeah. The yeah. other thing that was so sluggish to grow and hardly grew at all was um, hops. Yes, so I grew I've some hops. that as well, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. And then I'm looking at these plants. They've sat in a polytunnel in a 9cm in pot, yeah. covered with green... And I'm, just, I'm not going to throw them out, and see what happens. Yeah. And they've come on beautifully. Yeah, they, so I've got four. Okay. Hot, so you can have one if you want. Because um, I don't know what to do with them, really. Well, <laughs> grow them up a really good Well, I'm going to grow them. I'm going to grow them, down. obviously. But they need full sun. Mm. They need full sun. So I might try and grow them along my front fence. Because I really love hops. And I'd like to use them to, not only as a flavouring for your beer and stuff, but um, to make some hot pillows for sleep and Ooh, stuff like yeah. that. They're also very good in the bath. I don't know, you yeah. know, you yeah. run them, run yeah. them under <laughs> the bath yeah. water to induce sleep. They've been used yeah. for centuries. And, and hop tea is a very nice tonic for sleep all for all for sleep all for restfulness so i love the look of them and i like them as a decoration in the house as well um so you know um i've been surprised but sometimes you literally have to wait a year for something and don't give up the things because they often come right second time yeah Yeah. and they're going like great guns those hops And once you've got them, they are perennial as well, and they, they're pretty hard to get out. They can be pretty tenacious. But I'd like to run one through my hedge, really, like a honeysuckle or a Montana clematis. Oh, yeah, 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 I yeah. think that that could work. Yeah. Because then I'm pretty sure it would just use the natural support and climb along it, and then up the telephone wire and back to the house. It'd oh, the spot, it would go everywhere.
0: Yeah, amazing. OK. That so, good. so, yeah,
1: they were just the off, yeah.
0: the off little off. One thing I would say on that, though, and it's almost counter to it, is that if you're sowing seed at this time of year, and particularly if you're sowing old seed, that you, you know, not not obviously newly bought seed and particularly again seed if it's already been opened. Yeah. Make a note of when you've sown it. And if three weeks or so after you've sown it it's not come up, chances are that seed's not viable. Yeah. And get start rid of again. it, start again, don't sit on it for too no. long. No. And in particular then throw out yeah the remainder. Anyone. It's
1: old seed because I've well, had some of that. Yeah so some things are quite long though aren't they? Parsley. Yeah you might some, be waiting for a month. For, well there's to some see things that.
0: like onions, parsley where it tells you it takes can take a really long time to germinate,
1: fair enough. Chilies can be pretty long Chilies, well I've hard. had some
0: yeah chilies have taken ages some of them but they're yeah. up now in worlds yeah. off so they did take a long time in a few cases but for some of the things like lettuces and things like that when it, particularly if the other varieties you've yeah, sown around them of the yeah. same type of plant are all up and that one tray isn't chance are it's because that seed's gone mm-hmm. off you mm-hmm. know it's
1: not. Not viable. So I've done yeah. some uh, I've also done some sewing of flowers quite a yeah. lot at home, which is nice. Not something that we talk to talk about that no. often, but um, I just wanted to have some nice flowers at home so I've done some things that they're all in. But that's about it really as yeah. far as things I've been doing. I know we're gonna talk a little bit in a minute about getting self-sufficient in an eggs, aren't well, we? Well it's let's do that. So should we take yeah. a break there and come, come back and do that, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we we wanted to, um, we said last time we wanted to start up a little um, kind of series, if you like, of of self-sufficiency projects and things, you know, going on that plan that Mike has in his mind, of always always, pick a thing, be self-sufficient in it and that's a really good way to build your skills, to build your repertoire and obviously over time to build your self-sufficiency and so obviously last time we spent a bit of time, um, I'm blanking on it mate, what did we talk about last time? Well, when we were were talking about salad, mate. salad, that's it. So, last time we spoke about salad, obviously, we said that we'd think about eggs this time round. We did, we said we would talk about
1: eggs and the road to (laughs) self-sufficiency. That's very apt after Easter, mate, I think as well. Yeah. So, if you're somebody who wants to become self-sufficient in your egg production, the big problem in my mind, because I am actually not self-sufficient in eggs, nearly... I am very nearly. Because of the winter break, right? Yeah. And the winter break is something which you either have to have a very strict rotor of kind of um, how young your chickens are. Yep. Or you have to look at some different kind of... uh, Well... Preservation techniques. Different idea of preservation techniques, yeah, Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. One of the
0: things I've I've talked about before is that I tend to try to keep a rotation of young stock coming in, fresh blood coming in. So my oldest birds at the moment are five years old, then I've got some that are four years old, I've got some that are three years old Mm. and some that are a year old. Mm. Yeah, and if you remember last winter, not the one just gone, the previous one, I struggled a bit, didn't I, because I I didn't have the two-year-old birds in there to bring the new eggs through. Yeah. Part of the problem I have, of course, is that space is a real issue. Yeah, and obviously, with the avian influenza over the last couple of winters, we're just coming out of lockdown this Tuesday, aren't we? Yeah, the first time in what six months, probably. Yeah, um, and with that requirement for them to be indoors, makes it much harder mm. for me to keep bringing new stock in, yeah, because I can only have so many birds and still feel that that's a suitable space for the number of birds mm. I've got. Um, but that is one very simple way in it of adding a couple of birds every yeah,
1: year my, my, mine works similar to to yours except i work on a very strict number yeah so i work on a three and four number right because i don't ever like to put one new bird in mm-hmm. you know uh, the, my ideal number of hens is three yeah right but when one passes away you've had two you have to put two in yep. so i always
0: go between yeah
1: three and four yeah
0: Whereas I tend to go between five and six, yeah. I did briefly have seven. Yeah, that's a lot. Felt sure too many. In. Felt too many for the space. Yeah. I had. So. also you're paying for the food.
1: Yeah. Um, Although I'm selling eggs to counter. And them. that's different. Yeah. So, from a self-sufficient point of view, I suppose what you've got to do is work out how many you need first. If you're someone who lives on their own, you might need a juicer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you might. Literally, a couple would be more than enough. You might need one hen. You might need one. I wouldn't keep one hen, though. One hen's a
1: little bit cruel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, social animals. What I would do is, uh, you know, and, and obviously once you've got the space for a hen, you might as well put three in there and then sell the surplus and, yeah. and then that would pay for your I was feed. Out, I was out without, working in the garden the other without, day, lady comes walking doubt.
0: past. Oh, we haven't got any eggs for sale, have you? I didn't have any out on the
1: table, but I did I did have a surplus indoors, yeah, yeah. so I was like, yes, yeah, give
0: me a second, I'll get yeah. something. And that
1: and that's what ends up paying for your feed, you know. And, yeah, and and, and and I think the difference between having eggs which are cost free because you sell surplus and having eggs that make profit is quite big. Yes. It's not undoable though especially at the moment no um, and i think that you know what with the food shortages that we are currently having here especially with eggs a lot of people in the industry have gone away from keeping poultry because of the regulations and how tricky mm. it is yeah um and also with the cost of living increases that are going on everywhere eggs are more and yeah. i think uh, and even though the even though the cost of feed has gone up as well i think the cost of eggs is probably higher than in increase than the cost of feed has been in well I
0: think, I think i suppose what's happening is with the with the lockdowns is that those people that were selling free range eggs which te- seem to be significant proportion of the market these days are no longer able to keep free range eggs which means the space they've got rather than it being these massive fields that you see with these hens running around is the barn mm. which means they've got to keep fewer hens mm. otherwise they can't even begin to pretend mm. that they're high welfare
1: so i guess yeah. there's,
0: there's a, 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 a supply issue there that's causing the problem. I suspect.
1: I would imagine so, and I know that a lot of people through avian... There was a lot of birds cold in avian flu, mate, and I think a lot of people have just thought better of it. Which would just exacerbate that, wouldn't it? I I think that people have just thought, you know what, it's too much risk, so they haven't replaced blocks. Anyway, if we go back to thinking about what would be right for you, there are a couple of key sort of questions that you have to ask yourself, and and I was actually chatting to a a lady who, who contacted me um on instagram but as a member of the facebook group and as a listener and her name is the squashologist oh, that's okay. her <laughs> handle yeah right. yeah and uh she's a very experienced uh vegetable grower yeah got a really good page on instagram i'd encourage people to go and give her a like um you know really good skills and lovely to see but she's just starting out on the whole wanting to keep poultry so this well, kind of fits in really well yeah, yeah. Just building her own coop and stuff like that. And she was thinking of getting some Faverolles chickens just because she liked them. Yep. And I I think that going back to what we've just spoke about is the difference between laying hybrids and old-fashioned breeds. Yep. Okay? And you have to decide for yourself what's important. I love old-fashioned breeds, but I haven't got the luxury of the space. Funnily enough, I had exactly the same conversation with someone I know yesterday saying...
0: We're going to get in some
1: hens yeah what would you recommend yeah. and i said it depends on what you want it from it does yeah if you want pedigree birds which are nice to look at and you will get some good eggs don't get me wrong you might be able to raise the chicks and chickens and sell trios you could maybe do that um they live a lot longer so you probably will get the same maybe get the same amount of eggs over eight to ten years some yeah. of them go on a long time yeah but what you will get is a real tail off at the end. So I would say that old-fashioned breeds lay well, maybe. And of course, there's always exceptions to the rule. Yeah. Maybe the first four or five years, maybe not yeah. even five years. I'd say three to four years. Yeah. You're gonna get, you're gonna get your 300 eggs off a of light like Sussex or your 340 mm. off a of roadie, but then they'll tail off. But the but the birds themselves might live for another five years after that. And so, if that is important to you, and you're not in a position where you might use those for meat or or to feed your other animals or, or or cull them as they do in industry and mm-hmm. you know something we wouldn't we wouldn't try and do would we? No. My, ass, um, my ass anyway. Then you have to bear that in mind. Yeah. A lay-in hybrid which is drawn from one of those strains mm-hmm. of old-fashioned breed so you know funny enough you can get laying hybrids that look exactly like, like sussex they look exactly like white leghorns look exactly like morans look yeah. exactly like they've just been selectively bred to be the highest layers yeah they won't go broody which is your biggest thing mm. because when, when a hen goes broody i.e. lays 20 or 18 to 20 eggs and then wants to sit on them you you lose that cycle of egg laying one of mine, I think, has gone broody. I know really? it
0: yesterday, yeah. yeah. One of my laying hybrids, actually, well, yeah. It happens occasionally. Yeah, it does happen occasionally. Um, it's not, quite rare, though. It's much less common, but yeah. My, my, not, mine don't ever go broody. No, my, it's one of the young birds I got last year. Right, okay. The, the really dark one that I got. Okay. And she was just sitting on the clutch last night. There was like three or four eggs there. I had to move her off of right. them to get to them. So I'll have to go and That's quite rare for see where hybrid. she's at tonight and
1: keep her moving. Laying hybrids lay a lot more eggs, right? Mm. So, if you're going to get something which is for egg production, yeah. I would strongly recommend getting laying hybrids. Absolutely. They're cheaper to buy. Mm-hmm. They don't live as long—maybe four, five years. Yeah, but you can get five, them longer. Five years is
0: probably about yeah. the most I've seen. Since they're I've been, probably
1: right? they're probably very productive for the first three to four years, yes. and then you'll drop off. But they tend to then not live much longer past no. that because they've laid. And, and I'm not not you know exaggerating here. Three hundred and forty eggs a year, yeah. you know, three hundred and twenty, three hundred and forty yeah. eggs a year for for what what might be called a gold line or a Warren or an Isa Brown. It depends what area you live in. No. Your bog standard brown hen is no. probably the best layer.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, they're probably laying at three twenty marks, somewhere around yeah, about. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, you about a month a year where you're not getting
1: eggs out of them, and that will happen for the first year. In the second year, all your birds will molt at some point. So they'll replace their feathers for the winter coat and all birds will stop laying when they molt. But um, if you can up their protein, they'll put their feathers back on much quicker. But I would suggest that if you are somebody who wants eggs for the least amount of feed Mm -hmm. and costs and to be able to replace them regularly, they're very friendly as well. Some old-fashioned breeds can be quite obnoxious. There's no (laughs) other way to put Mm. it. Some of them can be that's just that, just had a horse kick in the stable, there. <laughs> um, some other birds can some of the old fashioned breeds can be quite difficult, quite flighty. Right. Um they can the cockles especially can be really leery. Mm. Um then, then I would I would just really go for these hybrids and I think you'll be astounded how many you get. Um, and for me, they're they're no less friendly or less uh Kind of like part of our system they just don't live as long yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. which actually works better for me
0: yes so i'm not you know, not to put too fine a point on it once they stop laying i'm not going to finish them off no but i don't particularly want them hanging
1: around no for too much longer no. and, and all the feed. You know? yeah and, and of but course I'll... traditionally they might have been used you know as a food and yeah you can eat your laying hybrids mm. but i can tell you now having tried it before there's not a lot of meat on a lane nice, hybrid yeah. after three or four years. Yeah. And, and it certainly is not going to be a bird that you could pan fry or roast. You're no. going, it's going in a stew pot. Yeah. You can either make really good stock out of it. Yeah. Or, to be honest with you, my birds tend to die of old age or disease anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not that keen on eating that yeah. anyway. So yeah. I either dispose of it, the, worse, the best going to happen is probably going to feed it to my dog. Yeah. So yeah. that's the reality of yeah. it. Um, and so for me, that's where I'm at with them. But the only thing I would suggest that could form a slight difference to that would be about keeping quail. And I would talk about that in quite a serious way for egg production because it's, it's, they are so prolific.
0: Well, the space that I've given over to my hens, which I've spoken about several times, is probably, I don't know, 18 feet by 5 feet enclosure, I guess. i yeah. told that's a lot of quail
1: oh yeah. a lot of quail yeah out. and 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 for me the, the the thing about quail is that you 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 will be able to raise meat if you keep yeah, yeah, quail yeah. quite easily yeah um that's what I would suggest going back to the chickens i'm sorry i just I'll, yeah, I'll, i would also advise you not if you if you if you if you're going at it as a complete newbie and you're not that au fait with the whole hatching process I would actually just buy my Lane Hybrids at point of lay. Yes, I think absolutely. They gi- I think they give you your quick bang yeah. for buck. You're going to pay the money to get them. Hatching eggs are really expensive, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I think that they're a lot of money for what they are. Yeah. I think they can be very hit and miss. Yeah. I think there's a lot of opportunities for it to not work out. So for me, to start, I'd either get Lane Hybrids point of lay, yeah. and they're about between 18 and £20 pound in the UK, or I'd buy expats i get three or four expats.
0: I think, yeah, Lane Hybrids are a bit more expensive than that now, if I'm honest. I think it's probably looking at 25 quid, maybe going up from there. Wow. Well, um, yeah. Think, long thing, off, yeah. I haven't bought any for a couple of years. Yeah, but. So the, the last ones I bought, and I looked at doing... Where'd it, you get? My, well, I looked at buying some last year. I bought them from your mate in the end, didn't I? I? Got them a bit cheaper. Yes. But to go to my normal supplier... Which is? Which is uh, Piles. Yeah. Middle farm, that was. I was looking at, I think it was 23 to 27 wow. birds. Wow, that is what put me off because that's gone like, off, gone up a lot. There's one around yeah. the corner
1: from there, it's yeah, a little bit cheaper. I don't I've always, Done had it. It. yeah, so
0: anyway, so but
1: you could go X bats, right? You so could go, yeah, absolutely. In, in our area, um, X battery or X barn hens are sold off after 18 months. And they go for about two fifty to five pound a bird. Mm-hmm. They're a year older, so you're going to get a year less lay. But that actually might work out quite well for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's definitely the cheapest way to get. You're going to have to look after them though. Yeah. Get them in the spring when the weather turns. Yeah. They won't have many feathers. They'll be the friendliest birds you ever have. Yeah. They'll lay a gazillion eggs. Yeah. Um, but they might they might have a slight uh, slightly higher mortality rate amongst the flock. So mm. it, rather than get four, I'd get five yeah. just for once to right. pop its clogs. Yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely wonderful birds and fits in quite nicely with the ethos that we kind of believe in a little bit Um, I would definitely do that I'll probably do that next yeah yeah if it fits in
0: I'll probably do that the difficulty for me always is that I want the younger birds to replace the stock because I've got the limited space having those slightly older birds actually will will have an impact on me so having that extra year of lay is really
1: important for me but obviously different strokes
0: strokes for different folks got to figure out what works for you so anyway
1: go back to quail then yeah go on with quail, I would go the other way. I would go and hatch. I wouldn't buy point of lay quails. I would try my arm yeah. at, 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 at raising them up. Mm. And I would look at getting a cheap incubator. Yeah, um, I use an incubator called a L 12, which is available. Mm. You get them secondhand, though. It's a self-turner, which I would advocate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and listen, there's a million different kind of YouTube videos and books and websites and things like that online about raising chicks from eggs and stuff like that. It is. It's a yeah. lot of science. It's not that hard. No. <laughs> if
0: I can do it, <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful thing to do. I have to say, especially yeah. if you've got kids, it's the most fantastic yeah. thing to do. Yeah. With quail, it's a bit better, although, and I've not done quail, but I, I know my experience of doing hens. Yeah. Not obviously, not all the, all the eggs are going to be fertile or make it to to hatching, and then obviously you've got the risk that at least fifty percent of them. So sixty, well end up being I would made. say you
1: get a hatch rate of sixty to seventy percent. Yeah. Of quail, chickens, and yeah, what have you. Yeah. More yeah, fertile 60-70%, right. and then 50% of that will be half, will be male. And in fact,
0: when I've done it, I've found it's been more. Yeah. So every time I've done it, I've had more male hens, male, male, hens,
1: male, male <laughs> birds, and male birds. So, yeah. uh, swings and roundabouts, mate. So, yeah. you know, but with quail, you've got the ability to raise them up very quickly to eat in age. Yeah. So it's, it's about eight weeks. Wow. Eight weeks to full maturity for a quail. Um, They're not going to get any bigger.
0: So you could theoretically hit your egg production and some of your meat production. I think it's probably,
1: alongside rabbit, I'd say it's probably the easiest way to get into uh, providing some protein for your table. Because if you thought about having a a set of tiered hutches or cages that sit one on top of the other... Then I'm thinking about having a premium laying flock with mm-hmm. one male hen, yeah. uh, one male bird in it. And then taking those eggs, rather than letting them sit on them, incubating them yeah. yourself. And then they go into the second crate. Yeah. And then in that crate, you're going to have males and females. Yeah. Um, but I would I would be very wary then about putting females back in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Um what you really need is bones. either two laying flocks which you don't ever which you keep two strains apart yeah. or of a friend who does the same yeah, and yeah, you and always swap. swap your males or your hens over. Yeah. Yeah. You know That's what I would do. But then what you could have is two lots going up. So you have a four-week cull mm-hmm. and then another cull after four weeks mm-hmm. because by the time you've done that, your next birds are nearly ready. Yeah, and yeah. you can have a continuous supply going on there. Wow. Um, and I would say that um, if you were going to use... Obviously, it'd be lovely if they were all outside and rolling around in the sunshine. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is... Quail fly. Yeah, yeah, a nice big, three nice big walk in aviaries would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. And if you've got that and you've got the money to do that Mm -hmm. in the space, brilliant. I don't have a problem keeping quail in um, aviaries which are on the floor. And my one is six by three. Yeah. And there are eight in that. And I could quite easily put another one next to it, raise some for me, have some for eggs. And I'm getting eight eggs a day. Yeah. And eight quail eggs is about three normal eggs about yeah but the thing about quail eggs is they creep up on you mate mm. and then you look and there's, no, there's, 50, multiple, there's 50 and you're like what the earth am I going to do with 50 quail <laughs> eggs yeah <laughs> well no I just I've got uh, a thing that looks like a pair of cigar cutters I'll put yeah. a picture of it on tonight yep. mate it's just wonderful mm. I'll just have like 10 on toast for a breakfast amazing absolutely lovely yeah. it's, and if you thought eggs were quick to cook, quail eggs, yeah, yeah, you yeah. put them in, by the time you've gone around and put a temperature, you get the first oh, one out.
0: My little niece loves them, my little girl, yeah. my youngest one, she oh, just thinks they're beautiful, today. mate. It's because she like the little dinky fried eggs and she's just cutest little thing. And
1: they do taste superb. Yeah, they do. They're not that picky to peel either, no. I have no. to say. I use them in everything I yeah. use. If I haven't got regular eggs, I'll just substitute them out. Mm. But I love them on toast. I love them on top of a steak. They make a great sandwich. Yeah. They're absolutely brilliant. And they're so easy and quick to, to, to yeah. use and make. Um, I think they're quite marketable. Mm. Oh, yeah. I think they're quite marketable. Yeah. But they're just a really nice way in. And I think you can keep quail more adequately in a smaller space than a, yeah. a, got a, a trio. Small-
0: you've got a small space it's better to go quail than I would
1: say it is yeah and you're going to get you won't you might not hit self-sufficiency in eggs you know you want to make a six 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 three, yeah <laughs> um, you know kind of like a cake or something like that you might be you're going to probably need a, you know best yeah. part of 15 quail eggs for yeah, that yeah, but yeah. I do think that they're an amazing way in yeah. and they're small they're handleable they're manageable yeah. they don't tame up quite as nicely as chickens yeah. by being hand reared, yeah. but they will tame up you know my they're my daughter's have yeah. got a she chicken she, they're very hand tamed yeah. for her um and they don't eat that much they're pretty yeah. good and they and they don't make any noise which is another thing you know yeah. and believe it you know I've I've always kept hens without a cock in my house yeah Mate, the hens make as much noise as the blooming cockerel when they've laid an egg, they are loud, yeah, they are loud, and when they're a free going, yeah, it's more noisy than a cockerel, I can tell you that. <laughs> so, please bear that in mind, yeah. Whereas your quail, yeah, they sort of do a weird little br- br- and yeah. that's it. People don't
0: seem too upset by the hens. I've had the people complain about when I, when I at the cockerel and I've hatched cockerels, <laughs> but the hens people don't seem too bothered about but my hens go yeah they Bombers. do but they, people don't seem to mind that noise like just as loud it's first thing in the morning that's the sort of difference couple right, with the dawn, couple
1: running, used to do that all day as well yeah, well, yeah
0: they do that too but, um, so, so let's talk about housing quickly because I'm, I'm conscious of uh, you know, wanting to move on and, and one of the things I would say is that there's many different ways to do this but there is only one sensible thing to do right now which is to make opinion. sure you have an enclosure yeah. that is large enough that wild birds can be excluded yeah. from that you are happy to keep your birds in. So yeah. if that's a six by three for your quail, I'd recommend it. I'd suggest that's too small for hens. Mm. But whatever size it is that you're happy with, and you can get, you know, there's some suggestions online yeah. about what is, you know. I'd want about high welfare. I'd
1: probably want six square feet per bird. Yeah. Of a hen. Yeah. So in a six by four Mine's space, so I keep two hens, like two hens. Two yeah. hens in it. Yeah. yeah. Mine's six by three, and I've got four
0: in it. Yeah. So and mine, mine are happy in the space they're in. I'd like to be able to let them out more. With the avian influenza over the last couple of years, no, that's no, not been possible. No. So, whatever you do, however you decide to house them, it must be that you've got <coughs> that uh, yeah. space where you can exclude wild birds from it. Yeah. However you choose to do that, I've got some UPVC over the roof of part of mine, so and some some fine so keep, to fine keep wire. it dry,
1: keep it warm, yeah. but keep it really well ventilated. Yeah, I would really encourage people to. I mean, I think out of all the things, I think the cost of poultry housing is the most ridiculous yeah. thing. I mean, yes, if you've got it, by all means, spend it on that. You mm-hmm. won't regret it. But for what you're getting, I do feel that it is it is extortionate, some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so look around and find something or make something. It is, oh, you know, again, I was having this chat with someone. You know, I, I've i not been into making stuff that long, really. No, I'll just have a go. But you can save yourself an enormous amount of money by getting an old cupboard and taking the doors off yeah. and turning it into a chicken. Well, house. I don't need a lot I? I need somewhere to get out of the
0: rain. I need somewhere that's dry. Somewhere that's relatively warm. Bit of it doesn't protection. need to be warm. Yeah. So, you know, if I were looking at it now, I might have gone for a slightly different setup than I've done because of the rodent issue. Yeah. Um, but I've got a garden shed. they, they and the thing about that was that if I only had three birds, if I had to shut them in the garden shed for a period of time That'd be okay. That would be alright. The fact that I've got six means I need the outside space as well, but because it's all enclosed, I can do that. Yeah, yeah, and I can stay within the rules and, and yeah. obviously COVID influenza rules um, yeah. by by still allow and still allow them that outdoor space because yeah. it is enclosed. Yeah. Obviously, you need to think about what that means for you and the space that you've got and how that impacts. But
1: I think it's a, I think it's a really important consideration. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then you can go for you know the movable movable walks on yeah. the floor if yeah. you've got the time to. Move yours every two days onto a fresh bit yeah. of grass, brilliant. Yeah. Mine are down on shavings and deep litter, yeah. which I then put through the compost, which works for us. Mm. And they really manage that really well yeah. because of the amount I've got on the space I've yeah. got. Um, I've got a very cheap plastic feeder and mm-hmm. a very cheap plastic drinker off, which yeah. are both suspended. They're in mine. Um, that's what I would advocate. I mean, they're a much more... Sophisticated systems and things like that. The well, rainwater system, I sort of like. To yeah, and, I, some and I looked at the rainwater system, but my worry is, I won't go out and check the birds as much because it's like other they're, they're all right. Whereas I know that I've got to go out every day to get yes. the eggs, and I, I want to have that kind of. That I think I'll still go, go out. out I just don't want
0: to have to worry about the water. Yeah, I know, and I'm exactly it'd the same. it'd Be nice to not have to think about that, and because yeah. uh, that's just another thing to do sometimes. And if that, as long as that's being, you know, we get a reasonable amount of rain,
1: I'd love to be able to have that yeah. just sorted out. More for when I'm not there. Yeah, for your gutter system. Yeah, so a so gutter sun. system
0: off the roof of the shed. Uh, obviously, I've got the shed and the UPVC. So between yeah. those two there's more than enough water. Yeah. So it's just catching that water, which obviously saves me using tap water, which you know, is not expensive, but we pay for that, of oh, course. Yeah. Um, and obviously then the rainwater, which want, And that's what they drink now anyway. I just take it out of the water baths.
1: Yeah, the only thing I was worried about when I was thinking about selling on is that I can't say that the droppings of the birds on the roof that I'm catching my no, that that water from true, yeah. are... Free from bird flu. Yeah. Okay. But the but the the roof that I'm catching my that. water from is four times the size of it here. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for your small shed, it might be more manageable. Yeah. But it's I was right bit, underneath the trees where
0: the pigeons. But race, so I was a bit worried about thinking out.
1: about well maybe there's you know I've got what, yeah, what's so, going in my rainwater yeah. tank. So well, well, So even that. if
0: I just filled it up from a hose, at least
1: I'm to think about it. That's that. that so
0: that. I've got yeah, I've got options if I can get around to doing that yeah. at some point this year. I'll so.
1: I'm um, I'm sure you know I know we've gone through it quite quickly but I would say that getting getting self sufficient in eggs is something which is attainable if if you if you've got the planning and the right birds
0: I think it's I I've, I've more or less done it just by having a good rotation of birds yeah. to stop coming through yeah there is a period usually around about christmas time yeah where Sort of get into December, the days it's dark and the birds will, will, you know, laying on my stops. Yeah, you can put your
1: birds under light though. You can, I don't No. and I a lot of people do. Yeah, a lot of people there's other ways to solve it personally, but a lot of people have artificial light and they and then their birds will go through and you know, then they can adjust it so that they molt when they want them to molt. But, um, I have probably about three months when I don't have eggs, yeah, yeah, so
0: I had it down to. It was probably five or six weeks this yeah. year. Yeah. And that's with the new stock coming through. So you can get pretty close. And, and what I do, in, very simply, is I freeze some eggs. Yeah. So when I've got the gluts in the summer, I'll take yeah. the eggs in. Now it's do, mad, isn't it? I'll, sorry? Now. now, Right yeah, now yeah, is yeah, the time, yeah, yeah, So I'll take half a dozen, put them in a bowl, whisk them up. So yeah. obviously crack the eggs, put them yeah. in a bowl, whisk up the egg, put it in a, in a freezer bag, chuck it in the freezer. Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah. And then in the winter, and it's no good for, for fried eggs, but for, for scrambled egg... Absolutely great. fine, bacon cakes, no great. problem. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and so I've probably still got some in the freezer yeah. somewhere
1: that I've found. That's, you know that's I mean? the way to do it, isn't it? And
0: that's a really simple way, but there are other ways. Water glassing, I think you've ne- mentioned before. I've never
1: done it. Okay, never done it. But what I would say to people is that eggs do keep a lot longer than you realise. Yeah. You know, I would say that you know the shelf life of an egg in the cool. Yeah. Is probably two months, something right. ridiculous yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, yeah, not going to be a pristine, yeah. fresh, no. um, poachable egg. like a great boiled egg. But absolutely superb <laughs> yeah. I mean I think I think the one thing to say is that if it floats don't
0: eat it yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah all right so and that's you know that's a trick to learn even when your eggs you, you buy them in the shop and it tells you the best before they eat, Yeah, just put it in a bowl of water if it yeah. floats don't eat it yeah
1: no I would um, agree with
0: that so that's the first thing but obviously they do I mean certainly three or four weeks on the shelf no problem in my house oh easy yeah. um, so that's something something to know and then obviously the water glassing requires you get in line and what you do is you take clean eggs and you put them in You can buy ice icy lime. glass, so can't you? Yeah, you yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put them in a, basically in a big jar in the, in the lime water I've mixture. heard about
1: rub putting Vaseline on them and things. Well, I do have It's, know it's, it's, it's what, about what sealing hap- the pores, isn't it? What happens is
0: naturally, and you know more about this than I do, I not know why I'm telling you, but the eggs over time start to get they get
1: thinner, yeah. don't they? And, the, and they get more brittle. yeah.
0: And so then oxygen gets through. And that's part of the, that, is, that process is to enable the chicks to get out. So yeah, that's, of course designed, that's how it's supposed to work. Um, But obviously what that does is allow air in and the air allows the eggs to spoil. Um, So if you can prevent that from happening from whatever way Vaseline, I I imagine putting them in oil might work, I don't know, but certainly the water glassing method I've seen used very effectively and the lining that kind of idea. Um, Anything that's going to seal up those pores and prevent that process or slow that process down
1: will keep your eggs for longer. Well, the alternative is accept it as part of the seasonal
0: Natural Rhythm. rhythms.
1: Absolutely. So ah. believe it or not, I'm not eating a lot of meat currently. No? I'm eating a lot of eggs though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had eggs for my lunch today. Yeah. And I'll probably have an omelet tonight yeah. because that's what there is. Mm. And, you know, I think that there's, there's a the time-honoured tradition of keeping seasonal gluts is one thing. But wanting things just because you want them at times when they're not naturally there—that's mm. something else. Yeah. Um, and I would encourage people to eat seasonally. And if you look in nature, what a surprise! Easter is where the season is is <laughs>
0: lots yeah. on. Can, ex- can you explain something to me though, right? Because I've been just debating this with my kids recently. Why? Yeah. Does the Easter bunny?
1: Bring you eggs. Why does the Easter? I've bunny never bring you yet, eggs?
0: never yet met a oh, rabbit that lays an egg.
1: I'm not well up on Easter bunnies. I'm not sure how old that tradition actually is. Now
0: <laughs> that might be the problem. yeah. Because <laughs> my kids are like, why does the Easter bunny bring chocolate? Eggs? To be
1: fair, rabbits are like the most unseasonal reproduc reproducers. Now, anyway, they yeah. reproduce all the time. Yeah, 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 There ain't loads of little bunnies now. None in the autumn. No. There's millions. Yeah, all the time,
0: yeah. I did. Yeah. So. It's, if anyone knows the answer to that question, I'd love to hear
1: it. I'm sure there'll be some yeah. some old pagans out there have yeah. come up with something. Yeah. So, but what we're saying
0: is, with a few hens, I think probably depends
1: probably, how many in your family.
0: How many in your family? But one or two more hens, and you've got people in your yeah. family. You There's can four have of more us, than enough five eggs. of us,
1: five of us. Yeah, um, um, four of us when my daughter's away. Yeah, and we between the eggs that we have through the hens and the quail, we're, yeah. we're overrun. Yeah, so we give some away yeah. and sell a few. Yeah. So,
0: so yeah. So I think if you've got a bird or two more than you've got people in your family you'll have more than enough eggs certainly for and you eat lots of cake certainly for 40, 40 to 46 weeks of the year and it's just a question of how you choose to fill that gap there's yeah. some suggestions don't eat there. cake don't eat the, well the, funny the, enough the, <laughs> someone wanted some eggs and my wife was like oh we've got some eggs I was like it depends if you want to make a cake or
1: not yeah, <laughs> yeah like she said no we haven't
0: it." <laughs> you want to make a
1: cake I'll yeah. make the yeah. cake tonight mate. the old loafs coming oh, out yeah. the yeah. loaf yeah. loaf coming yeah. out yeah very nice has got some time loaf yet yeah. so nice. anyway that's where we're at on eggs and self sufficiency of eggs. Yeah,
0: so uh, I, I re- partly recommend people try and do that. All right, and uh, we are, the next time we meet, right, because yeah. we're now coming towards the end of April, the next time we meet, I reckon, will be coming up on the three year anniversary of the very first episode wow. we recorded.
1: So, what are you going to do if
0: you got well, an idea? Well, I've, I've got an idea. I'd like to do a giveaway. okay. I've got, what, because you remember I bought a second copy of that um, River Cottage book yeah. um, thinking that I didn't have one. And then okay. went, so I've got, got, got copies, so I've got two copies. Okay. And I like to give one of them away. Oh, all okay. right. Um. So what I was wondering is if if you've got have you got any ideas? If, I've got to get a little competition going, and we've
1: got to try and figure out how we're going to give it away. What do you reckon? This is could be very tricky, mate. Yeah. It? This could be very tricky. Um. I don't know, really. Perhaps we could have a photographic competition on the Facebook all page. All right. Of what? Just something that people have done, or or something that people. I've got an idea to do and then we can have a look and give something away there. All right, so I'll start up with... So what we'll do is we won't we won't do it as in people's are better than others. What we'll say is between now and the next podcast anyone who posts we'll put yeah. them in a drawer. And we'll just pull out... We'll pull, pull out the out name of, out of a hat. Yeah. All right. So if you put a post with a photo...
0: With a photo. Onto... So any post with a photo onto our Facebook group gets you... Well, gets to, do, to
1: do with homesteading and self-sufficiency. So keep I a, people? I don't want a picture of you. <laughs> you and your swimming trucks down the Torvalinos.
0: <laughs> so, a homesteading-related picture. Yeah. Of something to do with what you're doing. Doing at the time, yeah. Between now and the next time we record, which will be about two and a half weeks and away, we'll put,
1: we'll put it into a drawer. We'll put names in a hat. And probably. we'll draw out, and they're going to win a...
0: Going to win a copy of the River Cottage cookbook, the first one. Wow, no, 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 that's such a. So awesome the original book. Hugh Fernley-Wittgenster one, which is a really good book. It's way, got so much stuff it's, in it.
1: It's, it's way more than a cookbook. It's yeah. literally got... So much information yeah. about planting and raising poultry, like we've been talking about, and raising your own beef and foraging and fishing and everything. Yeah, it's loads of stuff.
0: Yeah. It? So, we'll, and we'll get a copy. Well, there yeah, so go. If competition. So if you're time. interested in winning that, get your name in the hat by giving us a picture on the Facebook group. That'd be amazing. We really look forward to seeing those. And uh, well, I think we'll probably leave it there. Will we today? Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate your support, and we will speak to you next time. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> So ladies and gents, if you've enjoyed listening to the latest episode of the Homesteading UK podcast, uh, please get onto our Facebook group, Homesteading UK podcast Facebook group. Come and follow us on uh, Instagram and all places. And please do tell all your friends about us and uh, how much you've enjoyed listening. Uh, come back again next time. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye.